So for me, I would say at the age I'm at, I am very much aware of my legacy. And I would hope when I leave this physical plane, when people think of me, they think, wow, that woman really gave me confidence, life-changing advice, done in the kindest way possible. I Midlife is the best season of our lives, but often many of us lack fulfillment in some area of our midlife. It doesn't have to be that way. This podcast is a resource for midlifers to discover ways to find fulfillment in whatever area of life you need it. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Join me on the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, a journey to make midlife the most fulfilling season of your life. Hello, my midlife friend. Welcome to episode 82. This is Bernie Borges, your host of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast. And hey, if you're new to the pod, welcome. This is a Midlife Maximum episode featuring Diane Gilman. On a Maximum episode, I interview a subject matter expert on a topic that can inform you or help you in one of the five following areas of your life. Career, or health, or fitness, or relationships, or legacy. This Maximum episode with Diane Gilman is about legacy. And if you've been listening to the Midlife Fulfill podcast for a while, you might have observed that this is a category that I haven't covered much. Honestly, the legacy category is very personal. It can be emotional. You'll hear the emotion and the passion in Diane's voice in our conversation in this episode. But before I get to my conversation with Diane Gilman, I want to let you know that I'm planning a happy hour get-together and you're invited. Now, this is going to be a Zoom happy hour, so your location doesn't matter. The date is June 23rd, 2023 at 5 p.m. Eastern. It's scheduled for one hour. And if you're on Eastern time, feel free to bring your beverage of choice. After all, it is a happy hour. Now, if you're in Europe or Africa or Asia, I'm sorry. I know this time is not convenient for you guys. This virtual happy hour is for the first 10 people who RSVP. I know, just 10 people. But if you want to be one of them, jump over to the show notes now. Scroll down or scroll right depending on your podcast player, and tap or click on the link that's called Zoom Happy Hour and RSVP. During this happy hour event, I'm going to unveil something that I'm working on. This is something that's been in the works since the beginning of the year, and the 10 midlife friends of mine that attend are going to hear all about it. And I want your private feedback before I unveil it to the world. Hey, this is my way of involving my listeners in this endeavor. So if you want to be one of the 10 midlife friends to hear about these special plans and spend a fun happy hour with other midlife friends of the podcast and probably make some new friends as well, scroll down to the happy hour link and RSVP. Okay, let me tell you about Diane Gilman. Diane is a fashion rule breaker with millions of loyal fans. She's known as the charismatic, pearl-haired, 
queen of jeans. Diane Gilman is 77 years young, and she's embracing aging instead of fighting it. She's an inspiration for women who are embracing their third act. Diane is the top teleretailing brand globally who's just getting started. And not unlike many women's stories, recognition for Diane came later in life with the launch of her DG2 jeans line on HSN, which has become the top teleretailing brand globally with over $100 million a year in retail sales domestically, as well as also on QVC UK, Italy, Germany, France, Australia, and Canada. Diane's latest book, Too Young to Be Old, is another compelling take on conquering life's challenges and harnessing your power to live a third act filled with dream catching and fulfillment. Diane is now also the host of the YouTube video podcast titled Aging with Grace 55 Plus. And now, here's my conversation with Diane Gilman. Diane, welcome to the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast for a maximum episode. I love that. I love to be in the maximum drive category. That's true. So it sort of fits my hard driving personality. Always, always. Perfect. Well, Diane, my listener has heard an introduction to your illustrious background. You are best known as the Gene Queen for some obvious reasons. You have accomplished so much. I mean, your gene career goes way back to celebrities and rock stars like Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, we're really going way back there. Yeah. Um, but I want to start with, before we get into where you are now, because what you're doing now is so amazing and, and, and I want to get into that. I want to go back to why did you start the jeans line at HSN. What was the driver behind that? You know, um, I think that honestly, without getting too complicated, it, it goes all the way back to my childhood. So I was born in 1945 to a mother that was almost 45. And that was very unusual at that time. And um, I watched her age very hard she almost died in childbirth so i watched your age very hard as a very very young girl and then again one of her favorite mantras to me was as a female your life is over with at 30. Hmm. there's nothing to look forward to you got to do it all before then and all do it all meant have a child or two or three and get married and stay married. And that was your whole identity in life. Well, I watched my mom age very, very hard because she had to have a full hysterectomy with my birth. And even as a young child, female, I thought to myself, uh, this is not a good advertisement for old age. Why do people want to grow old? if this is what it is. And so I think unlike most children of my generation, I started preparing for growing old 
and older, very young, and saying to myself, okay, I'm looking at my parents. They both have, especially my father, a ton of, and a ton of health conditions. And they retired young, and they do nothing but cut coupons for a six-pack of Coke at five cents off every weekend. That's their big thing, the shopping excursion at the supermarket. And I thought, no, wait a second. There's got to be more to it than this. So I propelled myself always into thinking what's coming next and how to work with it or slow it down. And then when I got to um, close to 58 years old and my body had gone through all the changes as the female body does, I gained a ton of weight, gained it around the middle, and wanted the and then the whole Britney Spears thing started happening with jeans hanging off your hips and you weren't hip unless you were wearing a pair of jeans and I couldn't fit into a jean and so as a designer after shopping every weekend to find that jean that fit my pudgy middle-aged body I shopped for almost a year I said wow I'm gonna have to make my own jean. I had a sewing room at that time in New York, professional mm-hmm. sewers, and um, I could actually make my own patterns. So we took my body measurements, which were way against anything in the industry, the jean industry. We made that first jean. It fit. It was comfortable. I could wear it 16 hours a day and not be tortured. I was getting a lot more attention and wow, you look really good and wow, that's a great gene. And then I thought, I can't just hold this for myself. I will bet you millions of my baby boomer sisters would love this. So I don't even call it a design, I called it an invention. And I brought it. I knocked on a lot of gene maker doors. Even though I had my own company, you have to go to special factories, special needlework, everything. Everyone said no. I didn't have one yes. Wow. So we just got a female CEO who had been, who had at the beginning of her career worked with Ralph Lauren to develop polo genes. There had never been a status gene in America before. And I thought, she's going to understand. And she did. And she gave me one hour to put it on air. Unfortunately, that hour was 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning in February when nobody, I thought, oh my God, nobody is going to be up. And I had a plus size host who was in tears and screaming at me before the show began i hate jeans and i hate your jeans and i'm never gonna wear jeans and i thought oh great so you you had everything stacked up against you sunday morning 5 a.m yeah host host who refused refused to wear but let's let's share with my audience what the results were in that one hour amazing Within three minutes, we sold 5,000 jeans and we had nothing left to sell for the rest of the hour. And I mean, 5,000 jeans at 5 a.m. on a Sunday. Nothing. 
nothing left to sell. Well, uh, so that that so propelled that you. That propelled yeah. you into your gene queen status. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Diane. Uh, is the number 150 million? Is that what has been attributed to your sales? No, at HSN? we we went up to 100 million a year a at year. retail. Wow. A year, and we've sold to date. We're almost at 21 million genes sold in America alone because after I realized that this was magic and this customer never thought it was possible to find a gene that fit after 50, 55 years yeah. old, yeah. Um, the hunger for it was so spontaneous and strong that I then went to the executives at QVC and begged them and said, I knew that other American designers had gone international with QVC. And I said, please, please, please give me a chance. Let me do QVC UK because I know that customer is going to have the same body type as me. And I also liked the fact that it was a, an easy entree because there was no language barrier. We shot to number one in UK immediately. Fashion. Wow. wow. And then... Canada, and then Germany, and then Italy, and then France, and then Australia. And it was amazing. Uh, you know, the downside was it had to be me selling it. So nobody wanted to cooperate. Germany didn't want to cooperate with Italy. So you'd go to Milan, and you would try and set up a European trip where you went Milan, uh, Dusseldorf, uh, London, home. But no, they all fought. No, I didn't want to do that <laughs> at that time. No, I want their date. Why don't you give them the date we want? And so I was commuting back and forth to Europe and From Canada. Yeah, that's, oh my that's incredible. Gosh, that must like have, been, that must have been taxing. Yeah, yeah. Now, I want to fast forward because you have this amazing book out, Too Young to Be Old. Uh, I love the book. Uh, I've been through most of it. You're in your 70s. Uh, you, you, you talk about having had your greatest success in midlife. But there's there's a section here uh, near the end. It's chapter 25, Diane's Ultimate 25. Oh, and the ver yeah. The very first one, Diane, is your third act is your grand finale. I think um, so. So speak to that. What 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 is what do you mean by that, and why? Why do you say that? It, it could be because uh, I'm I'm such a drama queen, or it just could be that I'm in a I was in a form of show business, albeit a lower form of show business, uh, tele retail and television itself for thirty years. So I saw my life as a Broadway play, and I saw the first act as that's your childhood, but that's when all the major characters are introduced and the story is set up. Second act is sort of the meat of the story and the that big thread of drama in your life. And then the third act, and it's a musical, by the way. Okay, it's a big <laughs> musical with dancing and singing and the third act is the bring it home song that you're going to go floating out of the theater replaying again and again in your brain as a viewer and it's going to have 
all the mystery exposed, all the connections made, all the denouement with a love interest, and that big finale of music and dancing and heartbreak, and and that's me. That's how I, I want to say that I truly believe this portion of our lives should be a celebration. I do not believe that we are here by coincidence. Um, I think we're here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think that certainly coming through stage three breast cancer and, but I, you know, at 72 years old, but also being 77, almost 78 now, I see life as a miracle. Mm-hmm. It is a miracle to be here. It is beautiful. It You've got a voice, you've got a heart, you've got a soul, and you've got your own power and experiences to draw on. Use it. Revel in it. Honestly, admit it. Recognize mm-hmm. it. This is an, a, an incredible time of life to be alive, and I guess it makes... It makes me a bit frustrated and sad when I see people say, oh, old age sucks. No, it, yeah, the, you know, I just had to go in and get whatever that shot is in your knee because now I have arthritis in my knee. <laughs> but, you know, apart from an occasional trip to the doctor, I have been able to admit to myself that I am the boss of my life Here is how I am repositioning myself, 30 years on television, now on podcasts, my own podcast, Mm -hmm. Aging Gracefully Over 55, and loving it and saying to myself, let me use my skills, but let me do it in a more age-appropriate, time-appropriate way, and Mm -hmm. hopefully be a voice for my female generation mm-hmm. and it means so much to me so and it I'm shows passionate. and it shows and Thank diane you. you said earlier in this conversation that the the genes that you created that they were an invention right that oh, you yeah. invented them well i i want to say and i'm probably not the first person that has said this to you but i think you have reinvented yourself in yes. this third act so let's go to your podcast here you are with a fairly new podcast right called aging with grace 55 plus it is a video podcast i've watched a few episodes before we started recording i told you that i could tell that you're a having fun and you're just being your authentic self yeah so tell us about the podcast why are you doing it what's it about everything we you can tell us about it Okay, so I never planned on being on TV, and I was on TV for 30 years, and I recognized that I had a voice, and a voice that could affect a significant portion of a niche public. When I decided, for many reasons, to step back from live teleretailing, I thought, oh no, oh my God. Oh, 
I'm going into this long, dark tunnel called retirement. What am I going to do? Well, within five weeks of leaving television, I was offered my own weekly podcast and then started getting the privilege of doing other podcasts like yours and also introducing my book. And, and I found that a very trite saying when you close one door, another opens. And I wanted to punch people that said that to me. Um, <laughs> now I want to apologize to them. Um, that was absolutely true for me. I was, I said to myself in the last year, 22, 2022, of doing live tell Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? I'm about to turn 78. And this is very tough on your body and it, because you have to travel again. Crazy hours, midnight to 2 a.m., back in the studio at 8 a.m. I mean, and you're standing and you're in high heels and all that stuff. And am I that in love with the medium anymore? And the answers were no. It's not thrilling to me anymore. I can do it. I can remain number one in my little area. But wouldn't I love to use the rest of my life to better purpose and to something that stimulated me more. And so I took a deep breath and told everybody I was leaving, which mm. didn't make a lot of people on, on the TV and happy. But I think, and I'm hoping they understood. And, well, all those communication skills and also camera skills for, for video, I'm perfectly comfortable with. Mm -hmm. They made sense to me going into podcasting, and then I get to meet all these interesting people like you and have all these new challenges of what we're ever we're talking about in that particular podcast. And I'm having a blast. And I think personally, whether your talent is to capture a big audience or a small audience, this is a period of your life when you should be doing something from the heart. And also thinking, what is my legacy? I want to make women feel better about themselves as they age. It is very, very difficult for females to age. Men, not saying this resentfully, but truthfully, not so much for you guys. Easier for you to age. We're put under a microscope. We're, we no longer can produce children. We tend to age faster. A lot of us get the empty nest syndrome and never get over it, that the one thing you did in life that you really found fulfilling was raise children, but that's gone now. And so filling up my time with doing something purposeful and energetic and fresh and new and hopefully impactful has been in incredible for me and it's only we're only four months in mm -hmm. so it's really just begun yeah as i said i can see when i watch your your youtube videos on your podcast i can see you really engaged and having a great time oh yeah so um what i want to do is i want to take the points that you've made and i want to take them 
kind of encapsulate them under this next question, Diane. And as you know, we don't have you know scripted questions, so it's just kind of where the conversation's going. Yeah, and, and that is, you know, the Midlife Fulfill podcast. By the name of the podcast, it is intended to help people in midlife just understand different ways that they can achieve fulfillment. And I say at the end of every episode that if you're 80% fulfilled, you're doing great. Because as we age in life, it's pretty hard to be 100% fulfilled. And for the very few who are, that's fantastic. But most of us are not not 100% fulfilled because we have so many different dimensions to our life. So I want to ask you, how would you advise people? And, and I'm speaking both men and women. If you want to answer for women, Diane, totally up to you. Totally up to you. Okay. But how would you advise midlifers to really take a chance and just go after that dream you know, in a midlife season, whether it's 50s or 60s, and here you are in your 70s, how would you advise people in midlife seasons to go after that dream? say first of all believe that old trite saying when one door closes another opens and you know when I closed the door on teleretail there were many issues I had with um, the company that I sold my name to and there was a to me a, a bit of negativity swirling around and I thought well maybe that's going to be the rest of my life the minute I closed that door, another opened and it was fresh and new and bright. So here's what I would say. I can't spend your money for you. And I certainly know that we're all at a different point and finances become a huge part of what you feel you can do with the rest of your life. Cut out the outside noise. For me, the outside noise was everybody saying, what's wrong with you? You should be traveling constantly. Have you been in an airport lately? Have you gone through all the delays? I was traveling literally a minimum of once a week. And then I became the first contributor to HSN to get my own weekly show. So if I had a show on a Tuesday, I had to fly down for that, then flew home immediately, sometimes within 20 hours, and then flew back down on a Friday to do my Friday night show. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. No one else lived that life. I lived it. And so the other thing people said was, what is wrong with you? Like, kick back in your sofa, on your terrace, and just watch the world go by. Well, that was on my personality either. So first thing I would say is go with your instinct. What does your gut tell you? My heart told me that I was in a position to do a lot of good for a relatively predominantly female audience of my age, and that's the purpose I have for now. The other thing I would say is it's never too late to dream and there's no dream too big or too small. So I read recently a fascinating article that really tugged at my heartstrings and it was about a woman whose husband had a long-term illness and was in the hospital finally for months and months. She was an avid gardener 
And every time she came to the hospital to visit him, she brought a beautiful bouquet from their garden. One day, one of the nurses said to her, we're cleaning up the room. May I take this bouquet down to the children's floor? It's going to cheer up some very ill child. She said, of course. Then they started doing that regularly. And one day she came with two bouquets and she said, here's one for the children's floor. Here's one for my husband. Then pretty soon she started getting nurses walking up to her and saying, you can't imagine what this does for a child who's isolated in a room and can't even go out. And, and now they've got a little nature in the room. So she started doing two bouquets a week. Then the hospital came to her and said, your bouquets are so popular. Would you consider selling them in our gift shop? Hmm. And she did that. And then whatever hospital system that was, which was big, she's, she now does it. She now coordinates it nationally. Mm -hmm. And she did that all from doing something she truly loved and treasured. And so if you can, if you can do that, even a baby step of that, mm -hmm. you will be so sure footed because it's your idea. Anytime your heart is engaged, you have a thousand percent better chance of succeeding than failing because you know what you're doing. Your heart is the most intelligent organ along with your brain. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be that's, my that's advice. That's great, great advice, Diane. I want to come back to something you said. I don't want to gloss over it because it's huge. You said that you're never too old to dream. That happens to be right. point number nine on your list of 25 in, yeah. in your book, you know, Too Young to Be Old. And that is so true. And the story that you just shared, and, and you're a living, breathing example of that. You're never too old to dream. Uh, you've even said multiple times in this conversation that doors open when another door closes, but yeah. follow your dream, follow your heart. And that's where your authenticity just shines through because that's what you're doing with your life right now is you're following your heart and you're doing what you want to do to help, as you say, other women going through the, the later stages of, of age. And I frequently said, you know, I wouldn't expect that you've listened to uh, many episodes of my podcast, but I frequently said on this podcast that midlife is A, not a midpoint in your life, and B, not even defined by age. It's the longest span of our life between our youth and our end of life. Yeah. And it runs for many, many decades. And we've just got to make the most of it. We go through different seasons. I love the season that you're in and how you're sharing it with the world and the impact that you're having, Diane. So I'm going to invite you for, to, to give us a, a closing thought in this whole conversation. Well, you know, I think that I have to include what most people think is Armageddon cancer in this last thought. And the fact that my husband died of cancer and it was brutal and uh, I was a sole caregiver so it was the thing I was most terrified of in life and then of course it became the thing I had to face and mm. sort of face alone 
Um, when I came through that, I came out a different person on the other end. And I'm sure you could talk to many people that would say the same thing. I look back on cancer as a compact learning experience. I learned how to be more empathetic. I learned how to be more sympathetic. I came out a kinder person. I came out a much more grateful person for the life I led. And I met so many women from so many different stages in life through that cancer treatment. So for me, I would say at the age I'm at, I am very much aware of my legacy. And I would hope when I leave this physical plane, when people think of me, they think, wow, that woman really gave me confidence, life-changing advice, done in the kindest way possible. I'll just give you one parting thought. So I went on, um, I belonged to a couple of fabulous women's clubs. One of them is all about conservancy of nature. And we went on a field trip to Fort Worth, Texas. Long story, but, and we're staying in a hotel, very small hotel. And every day you wake up, you get dressed and you go downstairs for breakfast, but you walk past all these women who are cleaning the rooms and making them up. And every morning, I would say hello to every one of those women and say, how are you? Wow, you look pretty today. And one of the women, and a lot of these women are very well off, they're high up in the social circles of New York City, said, why do you do that? Why do you talk to them? And I said, because no female as a little girl dreams of being a housemaid in a hotel, cleaning up other people's messes. That's not what they dream of as a little girl. They dream of being a cherished wife or a princess or someone with incredible beauty, winning a beauty contest or whatever, but nobody dreams of this. I feel I have an obligation to brighten up their day. And that, I think, in the most simplistic of terms, is my purpose. Whether it's on an intellectual level or a, an emotional level or a physical level, I want to lay down a path of goodness for my exit from this physical world. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. And the story you just told me while I'm hearing it for the first time does not surprise me. That is the person that... You show yourself to be very authentically, and you. And I hope that uh, you also were a good inspiration for your friends who were there with you. I think I was uh, a big surprise to them because yeah. I think they see me as this flashy fashion designer, always wearing like designerish clothes and very, very Manhattan and New York. But but that's only one side of me. That's. Mm -hmm the talent side of me that loves fashion and can't help myself. But the other side of me is I think when you're leveled and I say that cancer is a great leveler because it doesn't matter whether cancer doesn't care whether you're beautiful or not rich or poor, mm -hmm. young or old single or with somebody 
it, it, to me, it, it absolutely taught me so many valuable lessons that I will take with me every day of my life. Well, just to wrap up here, I want to thank you for sharing those valuable lessons that you have learned, not just through your cancer journey, Diane, but your whole journey, your entire yeah. life's journey. Thank you for sharing them with the world. You're reaching many people. You're touching many people. And thank you for joining me on this episode of the Midlife Fulfilled Podcast, a maximum episode to share you, your story, your authenticity, your love with my audience. Thank you so much, Diane. A complete pleasure. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Diane Gilman for sharing her story. It's an emotional story. It's her story about her passion for leaving her legacy by empowering women in their midlife seasons to have the confidence to do what they want to do, not what others might expect them to do. Go, Diane, go. You're such an inspiration to many. And I'll be watching and listening. Hey, as I said in the introduction, I'm planning a Zoom happy hour get-together, and you're invited. Now, this is a Zoom happy hour, so location doesn't matter. Again, the date is June 23rd, 2023 at 5 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be an hour long. And if you're on Eastern time, bring your beverage of choice because it is happy hour. And yeah, I'm sorry, my midlife friends in Europe, Africa, or Asia, I know that time is not convenient. Now, this virtual happy hour is for the first 10 people to RSVP. It's only 10 people. So if you want to be one of them, jump over to the show notes, scroll down or scroll right, and tap or click on the link that's called Zoom Happy Hour and RSVP. During this Zoom Happy Hour event, I'm going to unveil something that I've been working on since early this year. And it's something that I want your feedback on before I unveil it to the world. So again, if you want to be one of those 10 people, scroll down and RSVP. Hey, in my midweek solo takeaway episode, which will be episode 83, I'm going to share my takeaway from my conversation with Diane Gilman. Make sure that you're subscribed on your podcast player to get each episode delivered to your listening device auto-magically. And hey, if you want each guest episode delivered to your inbox via email, Again, go down to the show notes page and find the link to subscribe to my weekly newsletter. My next guest episode features Ashton Applewhite on another Midlife Maximum episode. You might recognize her name. She's a well-known activist. Ashton's activism centers around ageism. She's written books. She speaks. She's a TEDx speaker on ageism. And she's got a lot to say on the topic that's very eye-opening. You don't want to miss that conversation on episode 84. If you're still with me, my midlife friend, thanks for hanging with me to the end. We made it once again to the end. And I want to remind you, as I always do at the end of every episode, that if you're 80% fulfilled, you're doing great. I'll connect with you on my midweek episode for my takeaway from this conversation with Diane Gilman. I'll see you then.